If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast, your weekly look into the world of miles, points, and travel. My name is Sean Coomer, and I am the editor of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined today by my co-host Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and MTM Managing Editor Mark Osterman. Each week we chat, discuss, and debate the hottest topics in the miles and points world. Give us about 45 minutes of your week and we'll get you caught up. If you're interested in subscribing, you can find all of the relevant links to subscribe for Apple Podcasts, Google, or any other podcast app at mtmpodcast.com. And finally, if you have been liking the show, please consider leaving us a review or telling a friend. It helps us reach more listeners, and we love to get your feedback. Thanks, and on to the show. You guys both have your uh, membership rewards balances intact? Yeah. For now, yeah. I'm like crazy paranoid, even though I don't, I don't think I'd do anything that would really get me in trouble, but I... This is what they do, right? They just make you paranoid. So you try to play it safe, even though I went to a stop and shop and bought a ton of gift cards today. Uh-oh. Better hope they're not listening. Yeah. They listen. If you have, For anybody who doesn't know, uh, American Express apparently has been shutting down more accounts for what? what is it, Mark? We think like self-referrals and what else was it? Uh, yeah, I think it's mainly self-referrals and maybe some gaming with the credits. Maybe they're they're looking at that, too, because they just started taking back the Dell credits as well for people that bought gift cards or did returns and stuff. Even from like eight months back, they're sending them bills for that. So I'm sure it's a combination of the two or just anything that they, they think smells funny at this point, I guess. feels like a bit of an overreact. I mean, yes, the capturing of those dell and Saks or whatever credits i understand why amex doesn't like it but like straight up shutting down people's accounts for that if that's one of the reasons why and i think one of the issues right now is like it's kind of tough to tell who's getting shut down and why they're getting shut down i don't know at the same time like with the rat doing this it's got us all paranoid like it's got me a little paranoid and i'm playing a little safe with amex right now so maybe that's the overall goal you know create a state of fear so that we don't know how to act I just hate the lack of transparency, though, like with Chase that, you know, everybody hates 524, but they, they respect it because they know what it is. It's clear. They know how to do it, what what they need to do to get under it. With AMX, you have no clue what's going on or what they're going to do. You know, maybe even the Aspire link that was out there with no annual fee, maybe that's going to lead to shutdowns. You don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen. That's just annoying and frustrating. I think like back in the day, it was like, oh, Amex calls you for a financial review and then you kind of know you're in trouble. You know, they go through the financial review and maybe you get shut down. Maybe you don't, but at least they're talking to you about it. Like you said, Mark, right now we kind of have no idea. Uh, I wouldn't say it's fun to speculate, but it definitely drives traffic to speculate. Um, And, you know, obviously we're taking advantage of that here on this podcast, but I agree with you. I wish it was like clear. Yeah, uh, for sure. And and what is clear, I think, is that we should all be sort of trying to stay, I think, a little bit more within the spirit of what American Express wants, unfortunately, or be prepared to have clawbacks or you know other issues like some people seem to be having, which I agree as a customer, it's unfortunate, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's much we can do about it. So do we have like any definitive 
idea for why people are getting shut down or is it just kind of that reddit thread which you know reddit threads are possibly one of the worst places to get data points although if it's the only place it's better than nothing yeah i think it's mainly just reddit right now so usually a lot of things start there and then they kind of expand from there on out so we'll have to wait and see if anybody else comes from outside of that to to give reports or if it's just reddit being reddit you never you never know yeah, so I mean, none of us have gone shut down, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but none of us have done any of the self-referral stuff. I did one, um, so hopefully I don't get in trouble for that, but that was like, I did one and then I just stopped, because I, I think I talked about it on a prior episode, but I got scared and realized the error in my ways, I guess. None of us have multiple of the same cards, and you know, I don't think any of us do any like super heavy manufactured spending on american express i have the gold which i max out um at grocery stores but is that right guys like that kind of what you guys do yeah for the most part nothing too major with them i focus more on chase yeah i do a lot of uh sort of merchandise and uh, some merchant gift cards stuff like that for reselling but uh not too much pure ms so those are our data points and if you guys have data points you can put it in the uh post that is up on Miles to Memories because uh, I'm sure people are curious about who has or has not gotten shut down. All right. And from American Express cracking down to uh, another sad news story of the week, and that is the CNB Crystal Visa Infinite getting, I mean, not just devalued, like just completely butchered, right? I mean, they just obviously have been losing money and they just like cut away everything that was good about that card for the most part. Okay. Why not just like tell everybody to cut it up and throw it away and just close the whole thing down? I don't know. Because it's made of that dumb metal, so we can't <laughs> cut it up. <laughs> to get some tin snips from Home Depot, I don't know. But what what's the point of keep, why would anybody keep this card now? There's to earn one time of points that you have to call in to use, and it's annoying. And I don't know. It it's just they went way too overboard on it. I think. Yeah, and just to back up a little bit, what they did take away, you used to get a two hundred and fifty dollar instant airline incidental credit per card. So if you had authorized users each card would get it. So you could get up to a thousand or twelve hundred and fifty dollars depending on how many authorized users you had. Which was credit. just stupidity on their yeah. their part. Like they're just idiots. <laughs> and that's moving down to three hundred and fifty dollars. And uh the other thing or not the other thing, there's many things, but the Visa Infinite three fifty, but not with authorized users, just three fifty total. Three fifty total for the account. So and this uh card has a four hundred dollar annual fee. Uh, they also took away the Visa Infinite discount where you get $100 off of two or more round trip flights in the U.S. I used that for a daddy-daughter trip a few weeks ago to Houston. So that's going away. Uh, Priority Pass membership won't come with guests anymore. Just the cardholder will get the membership and then guests will be $32 each. And that uh, used to be unlimited, right? Yeah. You could bring in as many as you wanted. Yep. That one's huge. And then uh, one of the great things about this card too was its bonus categories, specifically that it earned 3x points in gas and groceries. And that is no longer either. That will go down to 1x. So, And then also there, uh, we discovered, or one of our, uh, uh, I think Jared in our in a Miles Members Facebook group discovered that also authorized user cards are going to be additional money now too. They're not going to be free. What? So, yeah. So did you see that, Mark? So the, uh, yeah, I did see that. So the Quicksilver card is now better than the CMB. <laughs> it's hot trash. Yeah, I mean, clearly somebody wrote, ran a report or something, and they they saw they must have been losing massive amounts of money. I know that about a year ago, a lot of people in the Miles and Points community signed up for this card, and I'm assuming that those people 
uh, weren't the best customers over the last year because most of those people are coming uh, due now and that sort of corresponds with the changes to the cards. Yeah, I mean, it was the card was too good to be true. I'm surprised. I mean, this has been this card's been around for years and years and years. I'm surprised it lasted lasted this long. It's I just don't like. Is there any benefit or pro to the card now? Forget like even as like a miles and points person, but just for like a normal user, which I assume City National Bank and I can't fault them for this. They probably just want high spending users who don't think a lot. Like obviously we in this community thought a lot about it and therefore took advantage of all the kind of loopholes or generosities that were there. But for even for a general user, like a high spending user, like there is what you get a reimbursement. I don't think they took this away that you get a reimbursement of a lounge membership. You spend $50,000 and you get the $350 travel credit. Like that's it, right? Like what else does this card do now? Nothing unless I'm missing something. Yeah. I heard some reports that the annual fee, yeah. Once it posted that it, that you're not able to get it refunded, but I haven't heard follow-ups if anybody's had success doing that. So we'll have to, we'll have to check on that and see if people are having success. But generally, if you know your annual fees coming up and you want to cancel, do that before it hits because that's generally going to be the easiest way. Yeah. It's always like tough to know with these banks, like in Massachusetts, theoretically they by law have to like prorate the annual fee. But you know, I've heard with some of these like secondary banks, sometimes there's loopholes, like they get around it. And so I'm probably not going to risk it myself. I'm fairly certain my annual fee will hit on November 30th. And I'm trying to use my points and get out as soon as possible. I'm planning probably either using them on a Disney hotel stay that I have coming up or something like that. But that's kind of my idea. Yeah, I got my uh, my CMB cards a little bit more recently. So the renewal won't be up until next year, but I don't see a reason to keep the card long term. And actually, the timing comes very poorly for us because we had just canceled the Ritz card because I really had determined that I that the Ritz card didn't make sense, even though I do think it's a good card for some people. But uh, the Ritz card still has that Visa Infinite benefit, which I've actually already used twice. So kind of sucks. And the Ritz card was like greater than 30 days because like you know sometimes if you've done it within 30 days like i think i did this with a high card once with chase i was like oh i changed my mind and they were able to like reinstate me i have to determine whether it makes sense i haven't actually tried that with chase yet uh, to try to reopen an account but certainly something to consider now that that benefit's gone away and it certainly makes the ritz card look a little bit more attractive yeah that's a tough call i feel like if i was in your shoes if i was in your shoes and i wanted that visa infinite benefit i would probably reinstate before i like reinstate first and then decided to cancel again later. Because with me, I think I said it before on a previous episode, I was planning on applying for the World of Hyatt card. And so I canceled my original Hyatt card. And then all of a sudden they started applying 524 to World of Hyatt. And I was like, oh shoot. And so I had to like reinstate my Hyatt cards. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to get back in because Chase won't approve you if you're past 524 for like anything. Yeah, good point. So should make that decision sooner rather than later. I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Let's move on. Let's talk. This week on the site, we had a, a great post from our contributor, Tren Long, who wrote about you know family travel, something that we all, uh, I think, <laughs> take a part in. And he had some interesting tips for family travel. So I just thought we would talk a little bit about our favorite tips, maybe what he wrote and uh, what you found interesting and maybe some of our best tips. So did you guys find anything interesting in his article? Yeah, I like the YouTube tip, which 
I mean, it seems pretty self-explanatory, but I had never really considered it. it, is what he does bef- when they're trip planning to get his kids involved is he'll show them YouTube videos of places they're thinking of going, and then they can gauge uh, their interest level based off of that and what, what they're seeing, and they kind of make a decision on where they want to go and what, what looks good, what doesn't look good, and they also uh, have an idea of what they're getting into or or more of a background story on it. So there's less explaining there, which would be huge for me and my son because <laughs> it would knock down the 50 questions, maybe to 10 or 15. Probably not, but one can hope. So I thought that was a pretty cool tip that I'd never really considered before. Yeah, that's the one that stood out to me as well. I think because my kids are younger and they don't watch a lot of YouTube, I haven't really thought too much about using YouTube to kind of prep the kids or get them, I guess, in the state of mind for where we're going to go. But it may totally makes sense, right? Like if you're going to go to Paris or to London, you know, you kind of show them the sites so that they kind of anticipate beforehand. And I got to reset in my mind because like, for me, I don't like to see things before because I like to kind of experience it for the first time with my own two eyes. But you know, with kids, especially, I am assuming as they get older, you might have to maybe grease the wheels a little more, convince them more to travel. You know, I think YouTube is a great idea for kind of at the very least giving them a taste of what they're going to see and getting them excited about it. To that end, that whole thing about getting your kids involved in the vacation planning, I thought that uh, is something that I'm definitely going to put in my back pocket. Yeah, I think getting kids to buy into the travel is so important, especially as they get a little bit older and more independent. So uh, yeah, feeling like they took part in planning it or at least knowing sort of what's going on and and having some sort of say in it is great. And yeah, the YouTube thing is really cool. I've actually been doing that for a while now. It's sort of without ever really thinking about it, but uh, I don't know what the timestamp is, Joe, but it took me this long to mention Disney, but I've done that with different Disney parks (laughs) and stuff like that with Ellie and shown her different YouTube videos so she knows what to expect and it builds excitement. And we've done it with other things that are non-Disney as well. But I really do think YouTube is such an interesting tool. Since I traveled with my son like 10 years or 13 years ago when he was really little, the world has sort of changed. And I think uh, technology has, it's much different than it was back then for little kids. And they can really get access to see things in a different way than they used to. And so, yeah, being able to show them a video, showing them what they're going to see, have it come alive for them before they get there, build that excitement. I think that's really uh, great. Actually, I resisted the urge to bring up Disney, but I know a lot of people check out YouTube videos of Disney beforehand, but I actively avoid that. And I plan to, you know, some of the like quote unquote scarier rides like Haunted Mansion or Mystic Manor in Hong Kong, um, you know, maybe I'll show them beforehand so they can realize it's not that scary. Like if that's what it takes to get them on a ride, I'll show them a YouTube video. But other than that, I'd love for them to experience it for their, for the first time. So you're saying I ruin it for my daughter, Joe, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I, but Carter for life. Do you, uh, sorry for this tangent, but do you like watch the videos for yourself before you go? Joe, the king of tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, uh, actually, most of the videos we watch are the international parks. And I did it when she was little to sort of get her excited when she hadn't visited any of them yet. So generally, if it's like a brand new ride, something like that, I try not to. But if I'm not going to actually get to see it for a while, then I will. Yeah. So, you know, you're just applying like the same thing you do to yourself to her. So that's good parenting in my book. I'm curious if there are any things you guys had, um, especially with your older kids for family travel that Trent didn't cover in his post. Uh, The main thing I do is I just make sure you work in breaks. It gets a little exhausting on vacation. They're not, you know, usually they're staying up later or they're not sleeping as well because you might be sharing beds and all that type of stuff. So like we were in D.C., me, my, me and my son and my sister and her son were 
walking around DC all weekend. And I think we did 10, 12 miles in a day of just walking for, through all the monuments and everything. So what we would do is like right around dinner time or just before dinner time, we'd go back and lay down for like an hour or two. And the boys played uh, Roblox or something else on their tablets and, and, and that type of thing for like an hour just to relax and rest their legs. And then we'd go back out after dinner and, and go check something else out. So I, I think you just have to realize that they're smaller human beings and they're taking more steps than you and they get exhausted, which leads to them being cranky. So it's just good to work in a couple breaks every single day. Yeah, don't get fooled by like those bursts of energy they get because that's right before they crash, in my experience. Nothing like a kid melting down after a long, hot day in a foreign country. All right, and we'll be back in a, in a minute just to talk about uh, credit card applications, one versus two player, and uh, a little fact that you might not know about Joe and his credit card strategy. But uh, first, take a quick break. Ooh, I'm, I'm interested in that one. <laughs> So we don't have a sponsor today, but we did want to remind you about SoFi Money, which is an online bank that is currently offering 1.60% APY, also fee-free debit card transactions, no foreign transaction fees, and no minimum required to unlock the APY. A lot of people have been talking about it in the last few weeks because as of a few days ago, if you referred someone to SoFi Money, you could get $100. So a lot of people were kind of making the rounds, referring friends, getting $100 from the referrals. Also, when you sign up through someone's referral, you get $50 bonus as well. Personally, I was actually looking to park some money that I needed to keep fairly liquid, uh, and I was looking at the kind of best place to do it. And so I actually ended up putting it in SoFi Money, even though I had originally just signed up for the referral bonus. So, you know, it's a good online option as a bank. Do note that it takes like a couple days for the money that you deposit to arrive at a partner bank, and it's not FDIC insured until then. But it's really only a little bit of a lag, you know, not a huge concern to me. Like I said, I just moved money into my account. Anyway, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can sign up using our SoFi referral link. Uh, If you sign up through that, you will get a $50 bonus and you'll help the podcast out and you'll get some money for yourself. And then once you have that SoFi account, you can start a daisy chain with friends and family to get a referral bonus yourself. However, the $100 bonus for the person who refers comes around from time to time. So even though it's just dropped to 50, uh, you might always want to consider holding out to referring other people to see if that goes back up. Anyway, yeah, SoFi Money, consider it. And if you decide to sign up and you'd like to support us, please use our referral link, which you can find in the show notes. Thanks. All right, Joe, thanks uh, for that. And now we're going to move on talking about credit card applications and like one versus two player strategy. So Joe, this this whole kind of idea for this topic started because the other day uh, you were applying for the Aspire no annual fee first year offer or considering applying for it or, or your wife was considering applying for it. And then we got into a discussion about your unique circumstance when it comes to miles and points strategy. And you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, your situation and how you play the game with you and your wife? Yeah. So, you know, I don't think uh, it is a state secret or anything like that. I think a lot of people know, but a few years ago, like when we first got into the game, you know, I was in full two player mode. Like I would apply for like 10 to 15 cards a year for myself. And then for my wife, you know, I'd apply for like five to seven cards for her. But I got to the point where it just started kind of like putting a strain on our relationship. She was like annoyed she had to call. And then she's like, I keep getting this mail. Like, I don't know what card you're signing me up for. Like, we don't need to do this. Like, and I mean, thankfully, we're not in a state financially where like we don't need the miles and points to travel. Like we use the miles and points to travel more comfortably. But the reality is like we could travel without it. And we did travel without it for years um, before we discovered miles and points. So finally, she was like, all right, Joe, 
uh, no more. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. It's just too much. She essentially revoked <laughs> my usage of her social security number. Uh, and she was like, she was like, you can, uh, you can apply for one card per year for me. And that's it. And we went through a few negotiations, but it came down to, I can apply for one card per year for her, or I need to give up pretty much 95% of my video game playing. And so I was like, all right, one card per year, that's what we're going to go with. And so, you know, I don't regret it. Number one, like it just makes things less contentious at home when it comes to this miles and points stuff. And, you know, I have to use a lot of my uh, travel arguing ammo to get us to Disney World since she doesn't like Disney World either. So, you know, I saved it for that. I I like her for that. Yeah. And then number two, the other thing that it actually, you know, was an ancillary, I don't know if I'd say it as a benefit, but what happened was I had to get more creative about how I was earning miles and points. So, you know, I dipped more into gift card reselling, a little bit of manufactured spending. And, you know, we've been able to earn as many miles and points as uh, we ever have. And we have more kids now, so we need more miles, but we still have never gotten to the position where we don't have the miles and points to use to take the trips that we want to take. So overall, uh, it's fine, but it does make things interesting because when things like this Hilton, no lifetime language aspire offer come around, it's like, oh, this is the one card per year that uh, I'm going to get. Of course, she got the dreaded Amex pop up probably because she doesn't have any Amex cards right now because I can't freaking apply for more than one card per year for her. So we didn't end up getting the card. But, you know, with that Amex rat talk we talked about, uh, maybe that's for the best. So that's what's going on for me. Like, even though technically I should be in two player mode, I actually play this game mostly in one player mode, even though this year uh, that would have been her second card because due to some family circumstances, we agreed that I could apply for two cards for her this year. So I still got one to go. Got to decide. One in the chamber, baby. (laughs) Exactly. So, but yeah, I think what we want to talk about is the benefits of two player mode. You know, my circumstances notwithstanding, I think if you have a spouse or a partner who is more amenable to this stuff, it's kind of like the sky's the limit because you can get double the sign up bonuses, which I think is both your situations, correct? Yeah. For the most part, my wife just kind of lets me do whatever. I I have full reign of her social security number, bank accounts, credit cards, SoFi money, like all that stuff. So, I mean, she gets annoyed from time to time when she has to call in for something. So we try to limit that as much as possible, try to do online chat and everything like that if, if, if I can. But she still has to call in a couple times a year. So she gets a little upset by that. Every once in a while, I might show up with a Groupon uh, massage gift card <laughs> or free ma- for a massage before I ask her to call in. Most of the time she does it without with just a, a dirty look and an eye roll. She's gotten better at it. Some, you know, I, I try to book her a girl's trip once a year to, to say thank you for that type of stuff, too. So I'm giving you great pointers here, Joe. You just need to pick them up. See, you think you're so smart, right? But this is the reality, okay? This is the reality. Like, I beg her to go on a trip to, like, visit her sister. And, like, it doesn't happen. She doesn't want to leave, okay? Literally today, she redeemed a massage gift certificate that I bought for her. How many years ago did I buy that for her? Four years ago, okay? So no matter how you try to placate her... All right. You, you just need to take her camping again and listen like, to, to people vomiting I mean, all night. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the reality is uh, I'm super lucky because normally you'd be like, oh, uh, take her on a shopping spree. 
does not like to go shopping, like does not buy a lot of clothes for herself. So all the stuff that you would normally do, stereotypically do, you know, she's not about that life, which is great because overall, like, I mean, part of the reason why we're in a financial situation where we could travel more is because we don't spend a lot of money on things like that, which is great, but (laughs) it backfires because you can't like, I can't four years. Like my daughter was like, whoa, I was two when you bought that gift certificate. And I was like, yep, you were two when I bought that gift certificate and mom just used it today. So you know what? Sometimes there's nothing you can do. And that's why it was like video games are bust because she's like, that is one thing. Like, so I guess, you know, I guess, I guess the alternative is to spend <laughs> knows, more time with she her. She knows where to push back. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she had me uh, by the buttons, let's say. Are it's you a, a World it, of Warcraft uh, player or what, what games do you play? That was like nah. 1998, Sean. <laughs> World Although, of Warcraft? They, wow. It's as popular no. now as it's ever been. It is because they re-released it. Uh, but no, I didn't play that. I uh, play uh, Defense of the Ancients, which is a mod from Warcraft 3. But uh, whatever. No, one I, had the right, I had the right family. I had you uh, pegged for a, a Blizzard entertainment person. So. But actually, it's not Blizzard anymore, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that's, that's how think, long it's been since I played Warcraft. But I think this com- all comes down to your wife's just too busy washing dishes because she, she dries them in the dishwasher instead of uses the dishwasher. Episode one callback. Nice. I think that if we uh, if we learn to use the dishwasher normally, <laughs> we would have more time to spend together. That's some logic right there. So no, because like if if she was first of all, I wash well whoever doesn't cook washes the dishes, and it's pretty fifty fifty with that. But number two, ideally, I could be playing video games while she was washing dishes. But nope, we got to spend time together. So got to spend that quality time. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Little does she know she's actually punishing herself by spending time with me. But <laughs> oh, she knows she'll figure it out. <laughs> she's just a yeah. glutton for punishment. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she married me, so she must be. All right, King of the Tangents. So I will uh, end that tangent. And Sean, you and your wife, Jasmine's pretty amenable to you know you using her social security number at Liberty, right? Well, yeah. Just to be clear, I don't do that. She actually applies herself. She actually does all of that herself, so I'm not using her wink, social security wink, number wink, for anything. Wink, uh, but wink. yeah, I, I've <laughs> been lucky uh, that uh, she's pretty. We've actually slowed down quite a lot on our applications the last couple of years, just because with the reselling business, we've had enough points and enough spend that it didn't make sense to really do a lot of different applications. So we do get a, a number of new cards each year, but it's not like we're doing a crazy number like we used to. And uh, yeah, she will do the occasional deal uh we do some gift card reselling so she'll go to the store and buy gift cards and she doesn't mind getting a new card every once in a while so i'm pretty lucky when it comes to that and then do you guys so you know one benefit for my wife's situation is that she's always under 524 so if there's like like a couple years ago the one card that i applied for her was the chase inc preferred uh because it was that year that it came out and had the eighty thousand ultimate reward sign up bonus and you know that was no problem um to do and so you know i'm curious do you guys keep one of your players under 524 or are there just too many good offers out there and you know you kind of just don't worry about chase i hadn't been doing that for a couple of years after it came out there especially when there was the the fringe chase cards that you could still get but with all the changes and we've been getting more denials and and then chase putting everything under 524 i've kind of just it just naturally kind of happened where i was applying less and and i'm still quite a bit over probably i was getting 
lower, mainly because I was doing a lot of business cards, but she had dropped way down to where she was only like six months away from being under and that's coming up in January. So I've been sticking with just, uh, I think she's only done like two business cards over the last six, eight months. So I think we're going to keep it that way where we kind of keep her right around the 524, just under, just over. If there's the right type of offer, we'll have her go up. But it's just kind of the natural way of things with the fact that it's harder to get it, get stuff from everybody else that you have no other choice at some point right now. So that's where we're at with it, at least. Yeah, we're sort of in a similar place. We've just been applying less. So we're sort of uh, within a reaching distance of 524. So most likely one of us will go under 524 to take advantage of that while the other one just continues to take advantage of offers. The Milenomics guys were talking about this, though. And one of the things I was thinking about with 524 is like, there's just, since we've had almost all of the chase cards, like there just doesn't seem to be a lot good out there. So the one card that I've applied for her so far this year is the world of Hyatt card. But like after that card, I just can't think of any super compelling chase cards. So, you know, what kind of chase cards do you think would be worth your spouse or yourself being under 524 for at this moment? Ink, 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 ink. (laughs) Does the ink, uh, you know, I kind of stopped paying attention to Chase. Does the ink, like, it doesn't matter if you've had it before, like, you can still get those? Yep, that is correct. Do you have plus, to use Plus, like, there's a lot of different uh, variations of it as well. So you got some options there. Do you have to use a different EIN, or which is not super difficult to do, but um, or do they not care? Don't care. Interesting. Maybe I should get myself under 524 then. Now you know uh, what you're going for card number two this year. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will, because... That's a that's a good call. What about you, Sean? Uh, Southwest would be for me, just because I have a lot of ink cards, and we we didn't have the companion pass for the first time this year, and there's a lot of cases where we could have used it. So we've used it quite a bit in the past. So I think that we're this close; it'll make sense. Hopefully, another uh, big offer will come up, and it does suck that they raised the uh, threshold for that, but to 125,000 points. But I think getting a companion pass early enough in the year next year that'll be good through 2000 end of 2020 is probably or 2000. 21 uh, is probably our strategy with chase right now that's where i'm at too like we were i that's what, what my plan was when she drops under because it's going to be january so pretty good timing to get the companion pass but the more I think about it i think i'm just going to stay away from it and go with the uh ultimate rewards route just because two reasons one it would mean flying southwest which southwest is fine but out of detroit they don't really have that many direct flights like they do in vegas and the prices really are not competitive anymore which i find surprising a lot of times i look at flights and southwest is not anywhere near the cheapest and it's more than a delta um, definitely more than spirit or frontier so it just really isn't a great option for us and then the second issue is it would be under her name and she only goes on trips four to five times a year so we wouldn't really be able to take advantage of it with where if it was me uh, where i travel more and i'll travel with friends or out or with just one of the kids I could use it more, so I just don't think it the value's there for us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on it, which I never thought I would say, but that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think that that makes sense for you. And like you say, in Vegas, we have a lot of Southwest flights, so it just we have a lot of nonstop flights to pretty much anywhere. So it makes sense to fly them when we can, even though I'm not a big fan of Southwest either. If I'm by myself, I'll generally fly elsewhere, but when with the family, it generally makes sense to fly on Southwest. Anything else to add, uh, Joe? Uh, Everybody out there is feeling your pain. 
when it comes to your applications and having to do this all in one player <laughs> mode. We, we all feel for you and we hope that the uh, situation. Why else improves. do people get married besides having a, a second player that you can just max out? <laughs> oh, my wife actually listens to this too. So I just killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, we joke, but if I had been single when I started this miles and points game, it definitely, you know, it's not like a deal breaker, but it would definitely have been, it would have been in discussions. Yeah. It would have definitely been in consideration, <laughs> which is just kind of funny, sign, but I mean, sign this normal credit card prenup, please, that you <laughs> yeah. guarantee you will. <laughs> but it's, but it's normal, right? Like, you know, you want people who share hobbies with you. I mean, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, doesn't a War Travel 101 have like a singles mingles type group? So maybe a mouse memory should start one of those. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take it under consideration <laughs> yeah. there, Joe. And, and let's, uh, I wait with bated breath. And with that, let's uh, move on to rapid fire. And uh, Mark, you're going to start us off. Yeah, the first one is the best uses of ANA miles uh, for premium cabin travel, which Ian wrote about. Another great post from him. He gives you a couple different options that you can book and do premium uh, premium seats, lie flat beds, um, all the awesome stuff all over the world. So he he put some unique options in there that are definitely worth checking out. So I found that uh, I found it interesting because A and A is not one that I'm really read up on or have used much. So I got a lot of value out of it. And uh, the next rapid fire, Discover has released their 2020 calendar and Discover it, if you don't know, gets 5% cash back in rotating categories each quarter on up to $1,500 in spend. And they released which categories are going to earn 5% in 2020. Uh, For January to March, the first quarter, that's going to be grocery stores, Walgreens, CVS. Uh, Q2 is gas stations, Uber, Lyft, and wholesale clubs. Q3, uh, restaurants, and PayPal. And then Q4, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, Target.com. I think there's some decent opportunity in each one of those quarters. It's probably uh, pretty good compared to some past years. What do you guys think? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, You know, the funny thing is, Sean, you originally asked me to take this rapid fire, and I said I didn't have a Discover card, but I just opened up this letter to get a. I opened up this letter today with a Discover card in it, and I forgot that I've had a Discover card since like 2001, and I just have never used it. (laughs) Nice. There you go, Joe. And I, uh, my credit line is only $1,500, so I could max it out um, by hitting these bonus categories. But they look pretty good. When I opened the card, I was like, oh, yeah, I've thought about dusting it off before. But just in terms of mental bandwidth and stuff like that, uh, I just kind of just leave it. I've considered asking for credit line increase, but you know, I've got too many car- other cards that I'm spending on, so I'm going to let it go. However, I think it's pretty lucrative. It's probably the quote-unquote wrong decision from me at least money-wise to ignore it so definitely if you have that discover card you should be checking out those quarters a fun uh tangent on the discover card i signed up for it when i was in college and the reason i signed up for it is because back then they had um like you get like your normal card and you could pick your design which was kind of unique at the time and cool but they also had this little keychain that they'd give you in like the card there was a tiny card thing in there that would flip out so you could just have it on your keys and you'd flip it out and you could swipe it. So <laughs> I got it mainly because of that, which now it's a useful card, but I never actually used the keychain thing, even though that's why it, the reason I signed up for it. So that was like the Apple Pay of the past for the older people, I guess. <laughs> just further proof that we were all idiots when we were in college. Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty much. much. And uh, Joe, you want to take the next one? My rapid fire is about a coin deal that's going on. So... Um, for those of you who don't know, 
they're posted on milestone memories. You guys do a good job of posting them when they're like the big coins, but the U S mint, um, they release coins for coin collectors and there are buying clubs that will buy them. And so what they'll ask you to do is you'll get a ship to your own house and then you'll pay for it with your own credit card. So you'll get the points, you get the spend, and then sometimes they'll give you a commission um, and you just box it up and you send it to them. Do not open the box that you get sent, by the way. None of the buyers clubs like you to open that. Anyway, in the post, uh, there's a group called PFS Buyer Club, which is one of the ones that often buys these coins. And for this particular coin deal, which is happening on Thursday, November 14th, so next week, um, it's a relatively cheap coin. Like there have been like $500 coins before and stuff like that. So it's only like 80 bucks, $86 or something like that. However, they're paying like a pretty large commission, like a hundred dollar commission. And so, you know, if you're interested in a pretty good return on investment, not a lot of money, but the return on investment is good. Making some extra credit card spend, you know, you should definitely check out this post, check out PFS buyer club. Sometimes people will go at it on their own and sell it on eBay by themselves. I personally am not comfortable doing that just because, you know, I don't understand the market. I'd rather just kind of take the guaranteed money. PFS has always been good at paying out. I usually use another buyer's club that is also good at paying out. So, you know, these buyer's clubs are usually pretty on the up and up. And so, you know, I would suggest uh, if you're interested to check out that post and think about it and let us know if you have questions, because normally the first time people do these things, they almost always have questions. Sean, are you uh, are you jumping on this uh, particular coin? I'm passing because it's just, yeah, it's a great return on investment, but, you know, I'm just not going to mess with it for $86. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I got, I have two accounts, so it's a couple hundred dollars profit and shouldn't take, you know, it takes about five minutes. So I'll be available to do it. Uh, yeah, people can check out the post on the site because I have all this sort of Q&A and background on doing these deals that people might uh, want to know. But yeah, it's a great... They're great opportunities to get spend. And like you say, in this case, it's not a lot of spend, but generally in the past, there's been th- up to thousands of dollars of spend from similar deals. So it's kind of a, a good deal to get your feet wet too, if you want to see how it works without risking a huge amount of money. So, uh, All right, twist my arm, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Because even if you if it's like a couple thousand dollars in spend, that's only 20 30 $40 worth of points. So this is giving you a hundred bucks cash. So I, I think this is a better deal yeah. than previous ones. Yeah, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> and uh, next up, Mark, you wanted to talk about Virgin Atlantic and uh, no cancellation fees, right, on cheap awards? Yeah, so Nick at Frequent Myler, uh wrote a post today about Virgin Atlantic, which I'm a big fan of because De- Detroit's a big Delta hub. So I fly them quite often, and whenever I can book it through a Virgin Atlantic, I usually do because oftentimes it's cheaper, especially international flights, but even domestic, like, for the meetup, I'm fl- I use them to fly to Vegas uh, this weekend uh, in first class for 22,500 miles and $5.60. And Nick kind of stumbled across it was, always- <laughs> it was always assumed that you had to pay the $50 cancellation fee because that's when the- what's in their terms. But uh, he kind of stumbled across it with a different cu- a couple different cancellations he had that they only charge you, uh, they charge you up to $50. But if your taxes and fees are less than that, they just keep the taxes and fees, much like British Airways does. So if you're booking a one-way flight and it's in the U.S., it's only $5.60. So you basically cancel it for free, essentially, just like British Airways. So they hold it to that, which they say that it's it's the way it's always been. But some people have not held it to that or don't understand it that uh, in the call center. So if you've been charged the $50 in the past and you shouldn't have, Nick even uh, sent them an email saying, hey, I was charged $150. That's not per your terms is what I'm told. And they 
credit him back the whole $150. So if you've done something recently where you canceled and were charged that fee, you might want to reach out and see if you can get the money back. But no, going forward that it should only be $5.60. They shouldn't ask for a credit card. You should be able to cancel it, get your miles back, and and they just keep that uh, the taxes. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, great info. Yeah, that is a great find by Nick, and I've only got one comment on that story, and that is, Nick, you really rock those hats, but you putting them as your featured image is making the rest of us look bad. So please, Nick, if you're listening, stop that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, you are you are looking really good in that picture, Nick. Keep rocking it. All right. And then uh, finally, just a quick update on Kroger gift cards and fuel rewards and stuff like that. Uh, we had covered this week that Kroger and their affiliated brands had instituted a new $500 per transaction limit. And uh, it doesn't apply to all gift cards. It only applies to Best Buy gift cards. So if you were buying thousands and thousands of dollars of Best Buy gift cards, uh, you're going to be limited to $500 per transaction, which makes it a little bit harder to scale up fuel points if that was your uh, game. But uh, uh, all the links for all these rapid fires you can find in the show notes. Yeah, you guys, I think that was a pretty good show. Anything to add before we go? As Mark said, we're going to be in Vegas this weekend on Saturday. So if you're going to be around Vegas, come and uh, join us at the... uh, MTM Vegas do three and a half hours of presentations and lots of fun afterwards. See you there, Joe. You coming, Joe? Yeah, with bells on. I got one non-stupid uh, comment for the Best Buy thing. Oh. I have also been hearing that um, it's not just at Kroger. Like it, like there, it's there's starting to be some scuttlebutt that it's just like Best Buy in general is limiting to five hundred dollars. So I'd be curious to hear if anyone has data points about that. But like Sean said, if Best Buy is your play, uh, that might be drying up soon. Interesting. Yep. But I'm not totally sure. It's all in the rumor and conjecture stage right now. So take it with a grain of salt. So we'll, uh, stay tuned for that and check out the site uh, for more information. We'll keep it. You keep covering it if uh, anything else changes when it comes to Best Buy or other gift cards. All right. And before we go, uh, let's find out where you can find these great gentlemen when they're not talking to me on the podcast. Joe, where can everybody find your awesome work? You can check out my work at asajoeflies.com. Uh, follow me at asajoeflies on social media. Also, you can check out uh, my other Miles and Points podcast at saverosityobservationdeck.com. We have some announcements coming up for our subscribers. So if you're a subscriber, Well, you've probably already heard that. If you have never heard the podcast, please uh, check it out. Consider subscribing. And you can also find some Disney stuff at DisneyDecipher.com. Mark? Uh, You can email me at mark at milestomemories.com. Just comment on any of my posts on the website. Or uh, find me in the Facebook group, which there's links on the website uh, to get to. I spend a lot of time in there every day. All right. And you can can find us at milestomemories.com. You can find me at bestdisneyhacks on Twitter. And uh, until next time, uh, talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Ooh, jinx. Time out. Before you answer, Mark, this dude started again. I don't know. He's starting. <laughs> I want to start it with like a conversation no, I, like that. I That's get the whole point. I, yeah, I yeah but you just say like, all right, we're here getting, we go. And then, we're getting it, we're getting then, it now. Two why do you not understand that that's part of the show? Like that's a great conversation to start the show. Two points is a trend. Like I'm getting it now. <laughs> all right. You know. Fine. So okay. I will have to say start show from now no, no. on. Yes, exactly. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought it was just – I didn't even know if we were recording. Samuel L. Jackson cannot be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they – 
clearly this bank just somebody must have I'm run a report. Jackson, <laughs> this is how I talk. That's terrible. That's not even close. Like that is like the worst uh, Angola Jackson a, impression. No, it's a heard. throwback to the Chappelle show. Come on, get with it. No, right. we're not with it. We're not with it. Nothing like a uh, meltdown after a long day in a foreign country. You want to say that without a frog in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. my my wife when she listens to the podcast, she does it at half speed because she thinks it's so funny. What, listening to us at half speed? <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, watch this, watch this. And it's when Sean was talking, it was like, and we're going. And, and you're not half uh, funny and half speed? I don't know. She just she's not funny at full speed, double she, speed, half speed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, Joe, thanks. All right. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Just be normal, dude. Thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs>